When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Brian Tetta, executive producer of The View. It's Monday, and I'm here with Alyssa Farrah Griffin. This is Behind the Table. All right, it is Monday, and there's no, Monday's never easy, but it's easier when it's a Whoopi Goldberg birthday Monday. So we celebrated Whoopi's birthday on the show today. I'm here with Alyssa. What was your favorite part of the show? This was a totally different vibe than a normal show today. Woo, happy birthday, Whoopi. Um, it was so much fun. By the way, my favorite thing about Whoopi, this is peak her, because the, the, mo- the biggest question I get from fans is what's Whoopi actually like? She's exactly what you see. The fact that on her birthday, she wants to give other people gifts and celebrate other people is just peak her. Isn't and she's really amazing. Sweet? Yeah. It's so sweet. Um, Gladys Knight. Like, so my best friend at her wedding saying Midnight Train to Georgia with her husband. And I texted them this morning. I was like, you guys are going to die over who's on our show today. And I'm just going to be honest. It's it's going to beat your rendition. But I mean, such an icon. And seeing... The, Sounded amazing. Looks say, amazing. Looks amazing. Sounds is like the day she first started. And seeing the love between her and Whoopi, there's a real friendship there. And then, of course, Hannah Waddingham. Like one of our... She's... I, I said this, I think, before and you asked. One of my favorite guests we've ever had. This was my second time with her. She just lights up a room. She, You don't have to ask a question. She'll just go. She's got stories. She's got humor. She's got it all. She's just so elegant and mm-hmm. funny. She's like elegant and classy and bawdy at the same time. And if you if you love Ted Lasso, as, as I do, and uh, I was Ted Lasso for Halloween here two years ago, it's amazing because she's that character. But even if you've never seen the show, she's just awesome. She, she I know. <laughs> she is she is that character, and then she's not because there's not even that like slight devious side that Rebecca has. She's just like the warmest person, and just takes like we were all backstage watching when she did Whoopi's favorite things with her, and she's doing her best Vanna White, but then she's making <laughs> it funny. Like for a woman who's that beautiful, but then to lean into the humor and not having to be like you know elegant all the time, she's just she's incredible. I'm obsessed with her. Whoopi and I uh, went to the finale screening of the last season screening of Ted Lasso last season right before mm. it started and it was a, a party where all of them were there and it was so much fun to me because you know when Whoopi gets into something she really gets yeah. into something so she was super excited and then they all freaked out about being around Whoopi Goldberg which is <laughs> terrific Naturally. some of the characters were like FaceTiming their moms as they were talking <laughs> to Whoopi so that they could see that they were with Whoopi and Hannah really they there was a mutual appreciation there and that was before her first appearance on the show so that is what is funny when we have like huge A-list actors on and they're like excited to meet Whoopi because it's like you don't really get there's not really bigger stars out there. Oh, and by the way, she gave she, well, she gave all the hosts the Whoopi Prosecco, which I've been dying to get. And it was like they had sold out of it for so long. So that was like all the staff was fighting for it. <laughs> but then we all got beautiful necklaces. Mine has a star and a moon on it. Oh, and it's really just sweet. she's just she gives great gifts and they're always really thoughtful, like little trinkets and just fun things. So. I got uh, Ted Lasso Barbie and Ken dolls, which is fantastic. I love it. And uh, now autographed by Hannah Waddingham. So that's pretty cool. Um, but may I just say for those listening, we need a Ted Lasso reboot. We need more. It was one of the I, I think one of the best shows ever made. Feel good, the best kind of humor. It had everything. Had good stories, excellent characters. 
I'm I'm right there with you, believe me. And they're all spending time together, so part mm-hmm. of me thinks there must be something brewing. But yeah. um, it was so genius, and I understand the theory. Like you know, it was Stop perfect. Leave head, it alone. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care. I, I love just, it so I much. More. Yeah, I want more. <laughs> all right. Well, um, so what, who would be your ideal birthday guest? I can't believe you're asking me this because my hair and makeup, Dee Dee and Joey, were asking me. They're like, now you got to think of someone great. I think I want someone nostalgic, um, like a 90s crush kind of thing. Um, I think last time Jamie Hammer, producer who does these, we were trying to track down JTT, Jonathan John Taylor, Taylor Thomas. Thomas. He's apparently keeps he's a off very, the grid. Yeah, he's off the grid. Like he's uh, keeps a very low key life. I feel like something like that. I'm not. Weirdly, I'm not that like celeb focused. I right. follow it, but like I don't get starstruck over that stuff. So it'd be like it'd be somebody that's a throwback that I haven't gotten to see in something in a long time, or like a musical act that I hadn't in a long time. Or we just stick with the theme of animals because you never go wrong with. No, animals. I mean your puppy party was a big <laughs> hit, but I'm the same way. You know, you working lucky enough to work in this industry, yeah. you get to meet a lot of big stars, and it's exciting. But the people that resonate for me are the people I loved when I was 12 years exactly. old. I mean, that's what exactly. it is. So, like, when Ralph Macchio comes on, I'm very excited. Or Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Yeah, I was like, Tiffany Amber Thiessen, we were both like, I was like, oh, she's as pretty as ever. Yeah, like, Kelly I mean, Kapowski's here. Yeah, those are big <laughs> days for me. Um, so I'm totally there with you. All right, well, keep keep yeah, bubbling keep around brewing. in your head, and, and we'll see what we can come up with. We have some time. This is yeah. the end of the 2023 birthday season for The View. So those of you we who went don't... went out with a bang. Yeah, those of you who don't enjoy the birthday shows, you get a break and those of you (laughs) who do we have anna in january um all right so on the show today in our one hot topic we talked about carol alt supermodel carol alt uh joining only fans at 62 years old now do you think as you get older i mean she looks terrific but do you Mm. think you start caring less about what other people think when you're as you get older it's it's confidence every year of my life i'm so much more confident than the year before. I mean, I think of myself now, I just turned 34 compared to myself at 24. It's night and day. Like what what I'm able to do, the way I feel about myself, the way I feel about my appearance. Um, so I think confidence is a huge factor. And I, what I loved in this discussion, but I didn't get to, there, there's kind of two sides to it, is I think women are embracing the, you're not getting put out to pasture at, you know, your late 50s now. Right. You can have your whole second, third act if you want to. And we've we've seen that with the women at the table, like Joy and her play. Whoopi's got more. I forget about all the businesses Whoopi has. She's got all these different hustles. Um, the only thing I was going to add on the only fans thing totally makes sense for a supermodel who's agreed like, you know, she's done nudes in the past. She does it mm-hmm. tastefully and like in an artistic way. I do caution like younger women turning to that is sort of a secondary form of income or because I, I, I not anyone I know, but I've, I've read articles about, you know, women in their 20s pulling in a lot of money doing it. But when your dream job comes in your 30s, they will look at things you've done. It's before. forever. It's forever. So just that's my only caution is be aware if you're doing it because you're like, I own my image. and I've done this my whole life. Hats off to her. Carol Alts looks amazing. Um, but think twice if you're on the. Yeah. If it's side. something that you're doing out of desperation, it's, yeah. it's a different thing, I think. Um, no, I completely agree. I will say as far as aging and, and aging gracefully and everything else, I keep seeing all these memes. I'm sure you see them, too. It's like the cast of Cheers and they're all. <laughs> 30 years old and, and in your head, they're much older or like Archie and Edith Bunker are like 50. Oh, and, and so much of it too is trends. And it's just the way that I, I don't know, like there, there's a funny meme that compares the cast of sex in the city in their fifties to the cast of golden girls in their fifties. Right. It's night and day and they're all beautiful women. But I think the hairstyles, the clothes, the way that like we convey 50 nowadays is so true. I forget that Sunny's 55. She likes to whisper it. I think, I think of Sunny's being, you know, 
five, maybe 10 years older than me. But there's just it's not what I think my, you know, 18, 20 year old self thought of getting older. The one the two that got me really crazy. I think I'm older than Steve Martin and Father the Bride. And I think I'm older. Th- I am older than uh, the dad on 90210, Jim Walsh. I'm older than than James Eckhouse on 90210, and that that rocks me. That's so Taylor Swift and I were both born in 1989. So I just will like track my life progress with Taylor Swift. So that's, that's a good person. That's what I need to do. I need to right. glom onto somebody. I'm, I'm exactly. happy as 47 years old and go from there. Um, well, speaking of in pop culture news, Taylor Swift made tremendous news this weekend by. Shouting out her boyfriend, Travis Kelsey, the Kansas City Chiefs tight end, during her concert Saturday night in Buenos Aires. And she was singing, Karma is the guy in the Chiefs coming straight home to me. Are you still here for the relationship? And then she ran off and and kissed him. Is this too much, too fast? Where are you? (laughs) Okay, so I'm still here for the relationship. And I found it very relatable because I insert Herbie, my puppy's name, into karma. (laughs) So I'm like, Herbie is a cat curled up in my lap because he loves me. Um, So loved that. Listen, this is my theory on Travis and Taylor. I don't know if it lasts forever, if it doesn't, but I love that she's dating outside of her type. I think that women can constrain themselves by dating a type, and she's tended to date actors and musicians. A lot of Brits. A lo- and a lot of Brits. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like, you know, all-American football player, somebody who his lifestyle is different. He runs in different circles, I'm sure. It's just there's something about it that works. It's kind of this Americana of the two of them that— mm-hmm. I root for it, and I like that she's excited about him. Whether it lasts forever or doesn't, um, they both seem genuinely hyped. And I don't know anything about him because I don't follow football. My my husband likes him. He loves Patrick Mahomes, too. But um, I liked that he pursued her, like making her the bracelet. So in this day and age of dating, a lot of, like, men pursuing women is not really – what they do anymore. It's more like you stumble into a hookup and six months later, they finally ask you to be the girlfriend. Right. Um, not me, but a lot of my girlfriends. I loved that he pursued her. I thought it was very romantic. No, for sure. And he is, I mean, if you follow football, he is an elite athlete mm-hmm. at the very top of almost anyone has ever played his position, done what he does. So they're both differently uh, superstars. Yeah, yeah, and exceptional yeah. people. And he's so very handsome. Yeah, well, there you go. So uh, <laughs> I, I think it's good. And, and listen, if Oh, things, wait, yeah. you, you got snubbed. You weren't hot as podcast hosts, and we were all very devastated on your behalf. I know, I saw that on the internet, <laughs> and I appreciate it. It was sexiest podcast host. Sexiest host, podcast and, host. You know, a, well, I texted Sarah. I was like, next year. <laughs> yeah, next year. Listen, I got goals, and <laughs> uh, and I'll, I'll go for the, I'll try for a glow up of some kind before next year. I lost to Taylor Lautner. I think uh, I can fair. live with that. You can live with that. Yeah, I was Team Edward anyway. This is Sonny Hostin. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash view. Just go to Indeed.com slash view 
right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash view. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's podcast is brought to you by Shopify. Ready to make the smartest choice for your business? Say hello to Shopify, the global commerce platform that makes selling a breeze. Whether you're starting your online shop, opening your first physical store, or hitting a million orders, Shopify is your growth partner. Sell everywhere with Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. Turn browsers into buyers with Shopify's best converting checkout, 36% better than other platforms. Effortlessly sell more with Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Did you know Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S.? and supports global brands like Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen? Join millions of successful entrepreneurs across 175 countries, backed by Shopify's extensive support and help resources. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Start your success story today. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com view. Put it all in lowercase. Go to shopify.com view now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash view. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. All right. Um, so then let's move on to some politics. This weekend, Senator Tim Scott dropped out of the 2024 race. Probably would have been talking about it on the show today, if not for Whoopi's birthday. Um, however, he did not endorse anyone else. Do you think that's a bad move? Ah, so I tweeted about it this morning when I saw the news. Um, so Tim Scott, I have tremendous respect for. I think he, um, he he's more conservative than me on a number of issues. Abortion, I think the, the party's going to have to come to uh, a more centrist position where the vast majority of the country is. But he is... He's an aspirational conservative. And I feel like that's what's been lost in the Trump era is sort of that, you know, we want to give people their shot at the American dream. We want to talk about, you know, how we can all climb the ladder together. And I like how he speaks. There's so much about him that I think um, is great for a different time. I think it wasn't his moment. He had a great team around him, too. Um, and and listen, I, I credit people knowing when to bow out. So I give him props for that. I am not thrilled that he didn't endorse. And I, I said the same thing about Mike Pence. Now, there's still time. The Iowa caucuses aren't until January, followed by New Hampshire early in February. But um, Pence, my former boss, who I know very well, I've traveled all over the world with, he uniquely knows how big of a threat Donald Trump is. And for someone of his, you know, his stature and the influence he does have, which perhaps it's not as much as he used to, I feel like he has a duty to endorse someone else. To me, Nikki Haley makes the most sense. Um, I think that's the person with the most of a path to challenge Trump because I think she will perform well in New Hampshire. Um, same thing with Tim Scott. You know, he he he's a, he was a senator, so he didn't have as much of a firsthand, uh, you know, visual of the dangers of Donald Trump. But he was there on January 6th. Um, so I'm you know, I want them to follow the Will Hurd path. The day he dropped out of the race, he endorsed Nikki Haley and kept speaking out against Trump. 
I that's a it's a red flag to me that you're seeing prominent names step out of the race but not endorse. But I'm still going to root for maybe by the end of the year they will. Now, he and Nikki Haley, they, their relationship got a little bit frayed during the, the campaign. And then I saw she wrote some very lovely mm-hmm. tweets about him this morning, too, or at least comments that were in tweets. Um, so, I, I mean, do you think, she, A, she's probably looking for an endorsement, but B, do you think, is there any possibility Tim Scott's on the VP radar or no? Well, I mean, I think that he probably was, there were a lot of folks who wanted him to be you know, top of Trump's list for VP. I don't know that I see Trump going that route, but I think that Nikki's very smart to court his support. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, they did have a little bit of a tense relationship, but this is kind of where the good of the country should come before. Pence and Nikki Haley also didn't have the best of relationships, but there's there's a moment when you kind of just look at the qualifications, the credentials and the kind of leader they'd be. And I think that she's and again, I'm I, I say this, I'm undecided in this race. I am focused on the primary to me, Nikki Haley makes the most sense, and she's probably who I align with the most. Um, but I, I think that folks have to – they have to lead, and, the, and leading means stepping up and endorsing someone. Right. I guess a uh, Tim Scott, Nikki Haley, all South Carolina ticket it's probably little, isn't the way South to go. Yeah. But there, he's also he, – he's young and he's in the Senate. He's got – could have a big future ahead of him. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, so moving on. To the rest of the GOP, I mean, the presidential debate was last week. You were unfortunately not in, which you weren't feeling well. I've had this lingering cold. I probably still sound um, a bit nasally. But um, so listen, third debate, still a bit of a um, little bit of a dumpster fire. I think that it would have, listen, the RNC is a mess in how they're organizing these. It would have behooved them to really at this juncture make it a DeSantis versus Haley debate. And even so, it's still an undercard debate with Donald Trump not on the stage. Um, Vivek Ramaswamy continues to kind of offer a sideshow in his performance on the debate stage, but it does have this unique quality of kind of making everyone else look even more presidential, (laughs) Um, just like in comparison. Um, Substantively, I tend to think that uh, Ambassador Haley probably won all three debates. Um, She did see boosts in the polls afterward. DeSantis saw boosts in the first two. I haven't seen one since this, but it's very quickly becoming a two to three person race. And I remind folks of this. DeSantis, like Tim Scott and Pence, who are no longer in the race, he's playing for Iowa. So the very socially conservative kind of approach, he obviously signed a six week abortion ban. Iowa hasn't actually uh, nominated someone in the caucuses or chosen someone in the caucuses who's gone on to be president since George Bush. So it's not actually the most predictive state. There's all this money and focus that goes there. New Hampshire is much closer to a general election in that independents can vote in the primary. And it's tended to be more predictive. And so I think Nikki Haley's smart to focus on that and then hope to carry some you know, strength to South Carolina. But we need to be clear eyed about this. And then I'll stop my political rant. The <laughs> likelihood of Donald Trump being the Republican nominee is increasingly more likely every single day. We're in that final stretch. It's yeah. the coalescing period. It's where people should be endorsing and rallying behind someone. It's feeling like 2016, except people aren't even making the Hail Mary, uh, you know, Ted Cruz style pitch to stop him. It sort of feels like it's a foregone conclusion. But hey, a lot can happen over the holidays, I guess. All right, so this was a question people asked six months ago, and I'll ask it again now. Is it more likely that Donald Trump's not the nominee or that Joe Biden's not the nominee? I'm going to get flack for this. I think it's more likely Joe Biden's not the nominee. I thought, you thought but it's an way. indictment of my party, to be honest. Yeah. The fact that we're running somebody with, you know, 91 felony indictments. Um, but I, I do think that was a big story last week. It'll continue to be with with Biden. And and while the Democrats had a good week last week, I Biden's numbers continue to, to really struggle. 
Well, all right. Well, more to come on that for sure. Last week, we had Hillary Clinton on the show, and you asked her about her comments where she said that those calling for a ceasefire in uh, the Israel-Hamas war don't understand Hamas. Her explanation went really viral. Why do you think it resonated the way that it did? We were just tweeted out by uh, the, the country Israeli of Israel. Government. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it such an important moment to have uh, Secretary Clinton on. Listen, I was a longtime Hillary critic uh, in domestic policy. There's a lot we disagree on, but you're not going to find somebody more knowledgeable in the region. Um, and I mean, even though she can offhand, you know, cite that her husband negotiated some of these peace agreements, she has such a depth of knowledge that doesn't just go back, say, 10 years. This is a, in many ways, this is a, you know, decades long issue between the Palestinian territory and Israel. It's also gone on for millennia. And she paint, she painted a picture with such knowledge and composure and just explained it to the lay person in a way that I, I've never gotten more feedback on a segment we've had on this show from all different corners. And I was stunned by how many Republicans were sharing Hillary yeah. Clinton, who used to be the biggest person we'd, you know, we'd bash um, her remarks on this. Uh cogent, thoughtful, nuanced, not dogmatic, nuanced, but, but succinct at the same time. But, but yeah. succinct. Um, and may I just say, I, I said this um, to Donna Brazil, who I, I saw this weekend, who, who was an advisor to hers and used to run the DNC. Um, it's so funny when you meet politicians when they're not running for office. Yeah. The perception of Hillary Clinton when she ran to many of us was she was too poll tested. She was too structured. She was too afraid to like, you felt like every, like things were often too scripted. The Hillary Clinton now that she's not running is like funny, punchy, but then can flip on a dime and be like, give you a deep dive on the Middle East. So I, I was really grateful for her voice on it. And I think I think in a moment where we need clarity from people with expertise, it was a very good moment to have her. I thought so, too. Um, I enjoyed you on this week yesterday. That was pretty cool that to have really you here fun. on ABC News on yes. a Sunday. Um, John Carl is on our show tomorrow to discuss his new book on Trump titled Tired of Winning, which is a great title. Um, what are you, you've gotten a sneak preview, I know. What are you uh, feeling about the book? What are you excited about? I have to be careful because I finished reading it. So it's excellent. It's a, it's a must read. And there, there was a time when I was kind of just over all the Trump books. There had just been so many. But I think the timing of this one in the period he focus on, focuses on is really unique because we're basically a year out from the election. ABC has been, you know, bringing attention to the fact they're basically one year out from Election Day. And he talks about the final stretch of the election, but then also his post-presidency. And um, he paints a picture of an increasingly more isolated Trump who's surrounded by more and more people who basically are yes men and women and aren't challenging him. So a lot of his worst instincts are coming out. But he also and again, I don't want to get ahead of him, but it's it really has you have to read it is we talk a lot about Biden's age and, you know, if there's potential cognitive decline there. That's been kind of a big theme on the right. He really paints a picture of Donald Trump's cognitively declining, that a lot of ways in which he speaks or the ways that he processes information are significantly worse than they were even a couple years ago. His legitimate belief in conspiracy theories. Well, and, and, and yeah. that come from some of the most dangerous fringe corners of the internet. So, um, yeah, it's it's a must read. John Carl is just magnificent and because he has so much inside access. And he did talk to Trump a number of times for the book. And I actually the cover of it, the, the title's perfect. And then the cover is Trump looking just dejected, walking off of Marine One. It was after this, the Tulsa rally, which was kind of the relaunch of his 2020 run. And I was there with him. And I shared this on the podcast before. Cassidy Hutchinson and I were were with him that day and we were at the Tulsa rally 
which was pretty sparsely attended. It was the height of COVID. So many of us had said, why would you have an indoor rally during COVID? Like, there's other ways to run for election. And either I turned to Cassie or she turned to me and we said, this is the first time we realized he's going to lose this. And so on it went. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, I'm excited to have him here tomorrow. I'm excited to hear the insight you can add from being there at the time. Um, And that'll be great. Uh, Also, uh, Ariana DeBose tomorrow. So it's a great show. show. All right. So thank you so much for joining me today, Alyssa. Tomorrow, I'll be here with Sonny Hostin. And thank you for listening. Um, Folks, I keep reading all the amazing reviews you're writing on the podcast. The ratings, the, the subscribing you're doing is doing great things for us. So keep it going. Let me know your thoughts and uh, keep listening. We'll see you tomorrow. The first ever criminal trial of a former president is underway in Manhattan. It's one of potentially four trials facing former President Trump as he makes his third bid for the White House. What do voters think about his culpability and would a guilty verdict make a difference in the election? I'm Galen Druk, and every Monday and Thursday on the 538 Politics podcast, we break down the latest news from the campaign trail. We sort through the noise and zoom in on what really matters using data and research as we go. That's 538 Politics every Monday and Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts.